Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yash on number 2164. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful, sunny Malibu, California, with a very special guest by the name of Townsend Bell. Yeah, you know that guy. Townsend, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm on hand clutch with uh, computer override, but in gear, ready to go. So let's send it. Absolutely. Laying down some stripes. So before I give you a proper introduction, as if you need one, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Townsend Bell? Well, let's see. This came up recently. Uh, I never went to first grade. What? Yeah, crazy. First day of school at a new school. And my mom, bless her, just happened to drop me off in the wrong classroom, which oh my was gosh. second grade, <laughs> not first grade. So kids were unusually large. And after about a month, somehow between the teacher and, and my mom, the error was acknowledged and, and, and realized. And they decided, well, he's doing fine. Let's not disrupt his school year. Let's just keep him in second grade, which sounds all well and good, except first grade is really where they teach you one really important thing, which is reading. Yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that I, little I never, thing, <laughs> I, I never went to first grade. So that's something a lot of people don't know about me. Well, it kind of works with your racing Townsend, you know, kind of always being ahead of the pack. I suppose, but you know, a, a big part of doing broadcast television involves winging it in the moment. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when I think back on it, Perhaps that was a, a gift that I didn't realize at the time, because if you don't really have that fundamental first grade English and you know reading and writing education, I think I think I was winging it for a lot of my elementary school. So uh, for better or worse, that's a fun little fact about me. And and in the end, we figured out a way to make it work. Yeah, you always do. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, let me give you a great introduction here. Townsend Bell currently serves as a brand ambassador for the Lexus brand, that great brand. He is also a member of the broadcast team for the NBC Sports during both IndyCar and IMSA races. No doubt that's where you've heard this voice before. After two full-time seasons driving the Lexus RCF GT3, he has served as a Vassar Sullivan endurance racer, for the season opening Rolex 24 in the 21-22 season. Townsend earned one win and five podium finishes, teaming up with Frankie Montecalvo and Avassar Sullivan in a Lexus in 2019 and 2020. Townsend won the 2015 IMSA GTD Championship and claimed the GTD Class Victory in the 2014 Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona. I see a trend in endurance racing here. He is also victorious in the 12 Hours of Sebring while competing in the American Le Mans Series in 2012. He raced the IndyCar Series, of course, including 10 starts in the Indianapolis 500 and his best finish of fourth place coming in in 2009. And two seasons competing in the Indy Lights Series. He earned eight wins, 14 podium positions, and 24 starts, including the 2001 Series Championship. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsors. They keep the gas in the tank here. Keep your seatbelts on. We're with Townsend Bell. We'll be right back. Covercraft's newest three-layer all-climate cover is especially engineered 
for moderate weather conditions, and it's treated with an extra UV-resistant formula. It's soft, it's breathable, and it's easy to store, all while pampering your paint, providing maximum UV rain and dust protection. If you live where it's windy, no worries. Simply add their gust guards for windy conditions to add extra protection to keep your cover in place. Your three-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their tradition since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft, too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right. So get 10% off with free shipping by simply using the code yeah 21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates by a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance, what a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. So Townsend, we are back. So I want to go way back in time first because so many people know about your career. They know about your presence because of being on television. I mean, who doesn't know Townsend Bell? But I want to go way back to the beginning. This passion for racing, how did this all start? In the early 1980s, ages, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, I was I was on a, a steady diet of early 80s automotive action television, which included Knight Rider, the A-Team, Chips, you know, just Dukes of Hazard. Those shows had so much high-performance automotive content and no CGI, real stunts. And that's where I first saw drifting 
and cars driving in anger. And I was just fascinated by it. And I would attempt to replicate some of those maneuvers on my big wheel on the sidewalks in San Francisco where I grew up. That was really where my fascination with cars and going fast started. And then at age 11, my dad took me to the Indy 500 in 1986 from California. We sat in the stands on the front straightaway on race day, all the buildup and the hoopla and the balloons were released and it started to rain. Mm. And 1986, the Indy 500 didn't happen on Sunday. It was rescheduled for the following weekend because it was such a big television event that they didn't want to run it on a Monday. So we flew all the way back to California, flew all the way back to Indy, and for the second attempt to get the greatest spectacle in racing going. So the anticipation was just huge, especially as an 11-year-old. And I was utterly mesmerized by the speed, the bravery, and the spectacle of that great race. From that point on, I was hooked. I was I was an IndyCar fan. I was a Formula One fan, and it was a fantasy that someday I might, you know, I might actually get to drive one of those cars. So that's uh, that's really where it all started. And you did. Holy cow! I mean, you did end up racing cars. And I mentioned in your intro some of the mini series that you've run in, and you're still out there having fun. When you think about all your racing, is there one part of it that stands out as your favorite? You know, I've been lucky to to drive and race a lot of different race cars. My main focus was IndyCar, but then I pivoted early on in my IndyCar career to try to go to Formula One. I, I was able to go race in Europe in, in F2, then called F3000, and was an in, uh, a Formula One test driver for a handful of days, which is an experience I'll never forget because the performance was outrageous. I've raced uh, Robbie Gordon's off-road trucks on the streets of Toronto. I've raced in the X Games in a in a rallycross supercar with 640 horsepower and four-wheel drive. <laughs> wow. I've tested a stock car. I've raced sports cars for many different manufacturers. So I've been really lucky to get a broad spectrum of experience and exposure. I would say that from a pure passion and, if you will, addiction standpoint, there was nothing like the F1 cars that I tested for both Jaguar and, and uh, the BAR, British American Racing Team, back when it was V10, 19,000 RPM, 950 horsepower. The car was about 1,100 and 1150 pounds with ballast oh my gosh so the, the, the power to weight was just mind-bending and that's a taste i'll always savor well no kidding yeah i mean considering all the different types of vehicles but that's that's why they call it formula one number one it's in a whole nother league all by itself you've done some long distance racing the rolex 24 le mans and sebring and, and so forth are endurance racing is that something that you because you know, that's a different kind of racing than a one-hour race, two-hour race. Is that something that really stands out and you really enjoy as well? Oh, for sure. And, and I love the fact that I didn't think I'd like it initially, but I really love racing with a team. You know, there's something about sharing in the success with other drivers. In IndyCar, you share in success with all the crew members on the team. It's a little different, though, uh, in sports car racing because the team – uh, expands to include multiple drivers at the long races. So whether it's two other drivers at Le Mans or three other drivers at Daytona, your plight and, and your challenges are, are shared across that whole driver lineup. And when you're successful, it's so satisfying individually, but even more satisfying as a group. And the older I get, the more I appreciate 
the camaraderie and the teamwork and the friendship and the lifelong memories that are forged in those moments. And I, I've been very lucky to have some just fantastic teammates and lucky to have some success with those guys. You become the voice uh, NBC Sports for IndyCar, IMSA. I mean, that's where most people, I would think, post-racing, even though you're still on the track, know of you. I mean, your voice, when you called in today, I'm like, oh, I feel like I've got a friend here with me uh, because you've just been around doing this. How did that whole thing come about? Because not too many people in professional sports can transfer over to being that type of a communicator. You know, it really it really happened unexpectedly in that when I was, let's see, my first broadcast ever was, and someone had just sent me a link to this uh, a year or two ago, and it was pretty funny to see myself, but it was when I was living in Europe, racing in F3000, now F2, the Formula One minor league, and someone reached out, it was Andrew Marriott from Sky Sports, and they wanted me to be a guest analyst for the Indy 500 broadcast for the UK, and I declined, and then someone kicked me in the in the butt and said, you're an idiot. You should go do this. May or may not have been my wife. <laughs> and so I, I went and did it reluctantly. And if you go back and look at that broadcast, if I don't know, it's probably on the internet somewhere. I have the most bitter look on my face at having to you know sit in a studio, uncomfortable, on camera. I don't really want to be here. And <laughs> I was just so uncomfortable in that role. And for whatever reason, it worked for some people that asked me back again. I said no again. I got the same, but kick, maybe yeah. hardly hard to kick in, kick in the rear. And so sort of reluctantly, I fell into television. Now I absolutely love what I do. I love the team of people that I work with. And it's become my career, which is it's such a strange background to reluctantly and, and with great resistance get this opportunity. And I'm very thankful for uh, uh, not only my wife, but other people in my world that pointed out that I I had a great opportunity in front of me. So, you know, it's one of those things where you just you just do it. There's no training. I never went to journalism school and, mm -hmm. and I never practiced broadcasting. I just started talking. Somebody asked for my opinion and, and uh, I was just going to lay it out there. So I'm lucky. It's my 11th season with NBC. I've done Formula One broadcasts, uh, Rallycross, uh, obviously IndyCar full-time now, IMSA Sports Car Championship. And uh, it's it's been a wild and super fun ride. Well, it seems like it's so natural for you, but everybody has to start somewhere. And I would assume, much like racing, it's about seat time, or in your case, mic time. You just get more and more fluid with it, more comfortable with it, the people you're around. You do an awesome job. So I find it hard to believe that your beginnings were, were the way they were, but you know, it's worked out great, hasn't it? It's worked out all right. And I work with a great team at NBC, just some super talented people that uh, that make the job easy. And they even let me race and commentate <laughs> in the same event, which I've done the last few years at Daytona, which is, uh, which is really challenging both sides of my brain. No kidding. The other thing you do, which no doubt probably was spawned from your presence on television, is a brand ambassador for Lexus. Tell us about that. Yeah, so my first IndyCar ride was with Toyota way back in 2001. Uh, really admired the company. And growing up in Southern California, Toyota and Lexus are a big part of the fabric of, of our car culture. You know, the Lexus brand was really kind of formed and launched here. And my very first Lexus was a GS430 back then. And long before I, I ever worked with the company on, on any level, I was a multi-time 
Tacoma and Tundra owner for all of my various Southern California outdoor activities, whether it's riding motocross or going surfing or water skiing or what have you. And so I just always had an affinity for the product and then got to work with the company, met the people. And lo and behold, so many years later, Lexus asked if I would come on an, on a full-time basis as their ambassador, which has been super fun. So what does that mean? You know, I do everything from host events at Pebble Beach a few weeks ago with Lexus to helping launch new cars to the Lexus Performance Driving School that we have now uh, all across the country. So it's been a lot of fun and, and it's super cool to, to get a chance to learn and contribute to, you know, new products products on its natural cycle before it hits the public. Well, it's very cool. And I had begs to ask the question because Lexus is one of those prestigious brands that you feel like has been around forever, but it is of course spawned off from Toyota and it's just such spectacular cars, but EVs, are you excited about where things are going with EVs? You know, it's an interesting time. I, I, being in California, you probably saw in the news the, oh, the, yeah. the statewide mandate through CARB of, of the 2035 requirements. Yep. And then subsequently, a few days later, the urgent message going out to California residents, please don't charge your electric cars because the grid is overwhelmed. Oh, wow. So I, I, listen, I, I think from a luxury standpoint, electric is a terrific solution. If you just put all environmental points aside, the linear instant torque quiet delivery of an EV powertrain is sublime. It's refined. It's luxurious. It feels like you're in a Gulfstream jet in terms of how that power comes on. At Lexus, we've got a really exciting, our first all-electric BEV coming out, the RZ. I'm waiting for my NX plug-in hybrid, which gets, you know, 35 miles of range, pure electric and and hybrid powertrain, which I think is a really intelligent solution, kind of best of both worlds. So that's a really hot vehicle that we have, and I should get mine in a couple weeks. I'm quite excited to live in that world. But, you know, I can't deny that from a sporting standpoint and at the racetrack, I still am a sucker. I have a weak spot for fast and loud. (laughs) And on a motorsports side, I liken this fork in the road, if you will, as you see things like Formula E and some of the other EV motorsports championships evolve. I liken it to New Year's Eve meaning somebody might offer you a chance to go see a laser light show and and somebody might offer you a chance to go to a party where they just blow stuff up. And maybe (laughs) it's a personal shortcoming of mine. I like fire. You know, that man and fire connection is as old as time. And I I think for the rest of my life, I will fall that direction passionately, probably like most of your listeners. So um, in my opinion, Let's give racing a chance to have an exemption like a fireworks festival on any major, you know, major holiday for celebration. And and, and let's let the fireworks happen on race weekend. Very unique way to put that. I like that very, very much. Well, it's a nice little segue. You talk about racing schools and tracks. Our good mutual friend, Dan Ademonte from Skip Barber Racing School, he put us together today, Townsend. And I understand your son Jackson has some interest in racing. And there's a tie here to the wonderful Skip Barber Racing School. They're the guys that gave me my race racing license. So what's going on with them? Well, Skip Barber is where I got my start. So I was a junior at UC Santa Barbara, dreaming of a different path, one that allowed me to pursue my passion for racing, but I just didn't know where to start. I didn't have a clue. And luckily, uh, I happened across a, a full page ad for Skip Barber Racing School back then, probably in road and track. And it laid out very clearly, not only the on-ramp to pursuing racing as a really as a as a passion but also the path to a professional career via the the, the latter series to the IndyCar championship and 
I didn't have two nickels to rub together at the time, but I had a huge amount of desire to go test myself, to go learn and to go figure out what exactly I would need to do and if I would be good enough to take the next step. And Skip Barber was then and still is now the absolute best platform to do that. So I'm a I'm a product of their three-day racing school, of their advanced racing school, of their school racing series, their pro racing series back then, the Skip Barber Pro Series. And that's really the foundation for everything that I learned in this business from a driving standpoint, quite frankly, a business standpoint. And that's what gave me the platform to prove myself and and ultimately get to and, and win the Indy Lights Championship. It's a great place. I mean, I had so much fun there. And then I mentioned your son, Jackson. Does he want to go racing? He does. He does. And he's 19 years old. He opted to pass on going to college right away out of high school, drove across country by himself, lives in Charlotte, works for a Toyota NASCAR team full-time, Hattori Racing Enterprises. And uh, on the side is just pounding dad with uh, uh, questions (laughs) and requests for when can I get back in a race car. So he just graduated from his three-day racing school at Lime Rock and has a couple days testing in Sebring coming up here shortly. Uh, But man, they they have invested massively in some really cool race cars. Back when I did this, uh, you know, it was a tube frame formula formula car with street tires, treaded street tires, no downforce. Now you're in a full-blown Formula 4, F4 car, carbon fiber tub, paddle shift, data acquisition, onboard cameras, wings, slicks. I mean, it's a serious piece of equipment Whoa. and really fantastic to see just how much Dan and his brother Anthony have poured their uh, heart and soul into sort of re uh, reimagining Skip Barber and, and reminding everybody it's the it's the best racing school in the world. You know, I was going to say reimagining is a great word because what they've done there is absolutely fantastic. So my hat's off to them. And, you know, when Jackson's ready, I'd love to have him as a guest on the show to show the other side of the Bell family. Uh, interesting perspective of just the beginnings of a career. No doubt he's uh, off to a wonderful start. I, I like to ask my guests about what I call driving inspirations, people who are very inspiring key mentors. I'm sure you've had many in your career, but if you could share maybe one with us that really stands out, who would that be? I've been so lucky and a number of people come to mind, but I think, you know, somebody that that a lot of people would know would be Dan Gurney. Mm. And when I was just trying to figure out how I was going to pay for my lower level racing career and dropped out of school and was hustling, I had a part-time job working for Dan Gurney's All-American Racers living in Santa Ana, an active IndyCar team at the time, a Toyota IndyCar team. And Dan not only took a liking to me, but I'll never forget, would drop the most timely and hard-hitting wisdom whether I was struggling or succeeding. One of the great memories I have from Dan was when I won my first pro race. This was a Skip Barber pro series race at Lime Rock. And I hadn't been in the car five minutes after leaving the track. And my very first phone call was from Dan Gurney to congratulate me. But he also had great wisdom when I was struggling. And probably one of the best pieces of advice he gave me as a driver and listen, I crashed a fair number of race cars trying um, on my path to uh, on my path uh, <laughs> up the ladder, including when I got into IndyCar as a rookie. And one of the great pieces of advice he had for me in one of the tough periods there, where I was banging up a lot of equipment, was that I wasn't listening to the voices of the small moments on the track. He said there are so many, uh, there are hundreds of little of little indicators that are precursors to your big mistakes. 
mm-hmm. and you're you're not listening to those big mis- there those little those little messages yeah. Th- those little those little sides those little lockups those those moments where you catch it 99% of the time you're ignoring that arrogantly wow and you need to start you know you need to listen and correct to the little mistakes in order to dramatically eliminate the bigger mistakes and boy was he right great piece of driving advice wow what a great man he was and i'm so sad i had him lined up to be a guest several times here towards the end of his life and he just was struggling with some health issues and we just couldn't make it happen but what a wonderful message not only for racing but just for life in general it not you know you don't listen to those little messages you say life uh, and that's the reality i mean he he probably saved my life in, yeah, in probably a number of could ways have, yeah and you think of the era that he survived uh yeah. it's no wonder that 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 outlook and uh mentality was essential uh yeah. not only to his success but to his survival What a great man. We'll take a short break for our sponsors when we come back. The challenge question. So keep the seatbelts cinched tight. Being a professional automotive technician today requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is pleased to support TechForce Foundation. It's one of our charities of choice and its efforts to help young people pursue the technical education and careers as automotive techs. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experience with cars, trucks, boats, and more, TechForce and Carsia are working to connect young people with viable careers in the automotive sector. Join us by visiting techforce.org today. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So I always like to ask my guests about a big challenge they face. You're a racer. I mean, you face thousands of them. But if there's one big lesson in life through a challenge that you learned that you took forward, much like those words of wisdom from Dan Gurney. For me, it was purely figuring out how to finance the early phase of my career. As I said, I went to the Skip Barber Racing School and was instantly hooked, obsessed on the opportunity to pursue this as a career. But it had no money, and and racing's cruel that way. There's just simply no other sport in the world that demands this kind of commitment to both the sporting side of uh, improving yourself and the business side of figuring out how to finance participation. And it's just incredibly unkind that way, incredibly challenging. And so as a 21-year-old, I had to figure out how I was going to raise $2.5 million over four years which is a super concentrated, accelerated path from racing school to IndyCar. That still remains one of the biggest challenges I've ever had to deal with. And my desire was so strong 
that it just overpowered every other fear. Most of those shallow fears, meaning, you know, there's no way I was going to be hurt by cold calling companies or doing everything I could to figure out how to raise the money. But, um, I just charged straight through it and asked lots of questions, worked really hard, hustled and, and, you know, a little luck along the way and, and figured out how to make it happen. So I'd say that was a big challenge in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm proud I overcame. As you should be. Bravo. So I'd like to ask about a special vehicle in your life. In your case, this could be a streetcar or it could be that race car you got in and went, oh my gosh, I'm here. What is that one special vehicle for you? Well, there's so many vehicles I would like to have, but living in Southern California, storage is a, is a mm. real problem. So <laughs> yeah. currently I have three cars that are not my daily drivers that I intend to, to hold forever. Two are Indy cars, and one is my Lexus IS500, which is a current model car that I was, I was lucky enough to help Lexus launch to the public. And it's got the five liter naturally aspirated V8 and a very free breathing exhaust makes over 500 horsepower, total sleeper sounds amazing. That's one that, that is there. And I've got a couple of Indy cars that I've, I, uh, that I raced back in the day at Indianapolis that are super special. Well, you can hang those Indy cars on the living room wall. I've seen some people do that. So (laughs) that might be a way to store them and have two more slots in your garage. But that IS500, what a wicked machine. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. It's just super fun and nobody sees them coming. You know, it's it's got such a monster of a motor and a compact luxury sedan. Super stealthy. So I'm going to be your car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, what kind of car would Townsend Bell be? But more importantly, why? You know, I think the fact that I love that IS500, I think, suggests that that reflects my personality a bit. You might not, I'm a pretty laid back, easygoing guy on an everyday basis. I like comfort and refinement in my daily life. Uh, Who doesn't? (laughs) But underneath the skin is a, A a racer and a fire breather. That, you know, if poked or prodded or tempted, I am uh, a hungry racer, a super competitive personality, uh, a risk taker behind the wheel. And that's uh, that's me. Yeah, I love it. So is there a great book that you've read maybe in the past year or two that you'd like to share with our listeners today? I don't think it would be too inspiring to, to mention advanced tax strategies for real estate investors. <laughs> but let me, I think, you know, I, a book I read when I heard about this book, not the tax strategy book, but the <laughs> book I'm going to tell you about, I downloaded it because that's what we do these days yep. on the Kindle for all the airplane rides I'm on. And I read it cover to cover or uh, megabit to megabit as quickly as possible. And that's the um, that's the autobiography of Al Unser Jr. Mm, yeah. You know, his story. Uh, he was a he was a hero of mine growing up, very much a part of of uh, the era of IndyCar that I was so fascinated with as a kid. You know, had the ultimate success, winning the 500 and the IndyCar championship, and chances to go race in Formula One. And but then just had the the cruelest and crippling of demons. And his story, I thought, was fantastic. And you know, a lot of times you read those and you think, okay, well, you know, you collaborated with a writer, and and you know, sometimes you're suspicious that uh, it's not really in his voice. But I. Know Al, and when you read the book, it's a hundred percent.
percent his voice. It's a hundred percent him and full credit for him to be so transparent with telling his story, the great, the glorious and 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 the dark uh, and the bizarre. it was it was a fascinating read. Jade Gers, the author of that book, was a guest on the show here, and he shared exactly that, just how true to Little Al's voice that was. Uh, Al Unser Jr., A Checkered Past, uh, it's a book everyone should have on their automotive library shelf. So before I let you go, I'm going to enable you to go on what I call the ultimate drive. I'm going to buy you any car in the world. You can take it anywhere. And here's the key. You can take anybody with you, even somebody from the past who's no longer with us. So if you could go anywhere and drive anything with anybody what would you do? Do I have to take somebody with me? No, you can go by yourself. You're a racer, so maybe I'm going to be, be providing you with a very special race car at a special track. Yeah, I, I would say that, that you know, in terms of a car, I would love to go on a road trip with Bernie Ecclestone, mm. who's still alive. This is the, you know, largely the, the, the guy that brought Formula One to its current prominence, and I would love and it really doesn't matter what car we're in. Let's just say we're in a Rolls Royce because I'd be so I wouldn't want to be distracted by him driving or me driving. Want to hear his story? So why don't we just say we're going from Hyde Park in London to Monaco <laughs> through the Alps? I love it. Um, and which is the you know if you haven't ever been to Switzerland or Austria or that part of the world, there are some fantastic roads there. Yeah. And I would love Bernie to tell us tell me the real stories. I'd love to be in the back seat with a mic for that one. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. A friend of mine actually just is in the process, I think, of of making a documentary with uh, hours and hours of interviews from Bernie. So I'm curious to see if the real stories come out. But uh, he's somebody that came to mind. I think so. You've taken us on a wonderful race around the track today, Townsend. I knew you would. Before I let you go, could you share maybe some words of inspiration, wisdom, a mantra of some kind with our listeners today? Well... I don't read as much as I should, and keep in mind I never went to first first grade. Oh, that's but, right. I've remembered that. You know, I would I would say that the mantra of my life, and I didn't really discover this potential and possibility until I sat in that that race car for the first time at Skip Barber, and my world came into really sharp focus without me even trying. And I realized that this was the career I wanted. This was the this was the mountain I wanted to climb. I, I think it's that desire is one of the world's strongest forces. And if harnessed correctly, it can take you to amazing places you never thought possible. And that's that's the story of my life. It is indeed. How can people follow along with you and what you're doing these days? Well, um, I'm on social media. Twitter is at Townsend Bell. Instagram, I think, is at Townsend Bell. And uh, you can follow us on NBC uh, all season long for the IndyCar Championship. And then coming up, the final race of the 2022 IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship at Petit Le Mans um, on NBC and our affiliated uh, Peacock content. So that's a great way to follow along. There you go. Listeners, I'll put all these links on Townsend Show Notes page on the Cars yeah website. And again, a big shout out to Dan DeMonte at Skip Harper Racing School. If you want to get in a car and give turn uh, left and right in a racing car, go to Skip Barber Racing School. Uh, Townsend did. He became a pro. I did. And I got to play in the field of vintage racing. Thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and sharing your story with us. This was a true delight. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Sounds like a deal. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!